1: Emergency edition, an emergency pod. For the JMU Sports News Podcast, I'm Bennett Conlin. Jack Fitzpatrick joins me, per usual, to talk about how Lewis Rowe is no longer the head coach of JMU men's basketball. Jack, hello.
0: Hi. In the podcast, is- it's good. It's good. I, I wasn't awkward to <laughs> to start it. In the podcast world, it's really hard to do like breaking news. And I think this is the the quickest way we could get breaking news podcast up five or six hours after the news breaks and everyone would
1: already know. But
0: Coach Rowe is out at JMU.
1: Matt Brady is back
0: in. (laughs) Surprised? No. Upset? No. Um, Any other words for it?
1: Yeah, this was obviously did not come as a <laughs> shock. Like we all knew after they lost to Elon and now of course Elon making a little run the to CA tournament. We'll see what they do in the Monday game. But um the loss to Elon, nine win season, they're forty-three and eighty-five under row and I think twenty one and fifty one in conference games. That's more alarming than the overall record really. Yeah. Twenty one and fifty one in a bad mid major league where uh, you know, Matt Brady won I forget how many won in his last season, but he won twenty one total games and he didn't go far enough in the conference. Jeff Bourne and the administration basically said, "You know what? That's not good enough for what we want to do in this men's basketball program." And then the last four years have been absolutely horrible. <laughs> so it's it's not a surprise. The Encore product has been very bad. Um, it's certainly tough for some people because Lewis Rowe is is a beloved figure in the Jamie community. He's a quality dude. So that part is is difficult. But in terms of the Encore product, you're not making you know three hundred thousand dollars a year to lose what, half of or two-thirds of your games. Yeah, it, it was it was
0: known. We kind of – we were speculating that no matter really what happened in the CAA tournament, Roe's days were numbered. And I think Roe knew that, and he – all the reports coming out of JMU today, he's handling this probably the best I've ever seen a coach who's been mutually parted ways with <laughs> yeah. um, has ever handled it. I mean, telling his, his players, stay with the program, show them how good you guys are next season – and just being a great um, leader and what's the other word for it? Just in- mentor ambassador for the men's yes. program. It's just it is a shame. And I know I've been very hard on Roe throughout his. I really this last year because I was on the I was on the men's basketball hype train. His first three years with Reckless Abandoned, but this last year I was a big big um, anti Roe guy and. It's really great though to see. I wish he could have been a fantastic coach because that would have made for a great story. But unfortunately, he just wasn't really cut. I don't, he's not really cut out for the head coach position.
1: Yeah. And I think I'll get into that in a second. I think what you were saying is exactly right. And everyone wanted him to succeed just because of the guy he was, the way he loved JMU and the sports programs. It, I think it reminded a lot of people of just fans of being fans. Like he truly yeah, was He loved a fan it. and he was open about being, you know, the fan in me <laughs> like, wants us to win as much as everyone else. And then the coach in me is trying hard and they just didn't get it done. But I think what you're saying about um, him not being the right fit for a head coaching position makes sense as you grind coffee over there. And I think, <laughs> what do you have bubble wrap? <laughs> it's my sugar. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, anyway, he, um, no, I mean, he w- wasn't the right – I think the thing that kind of not irks me but is confusing was when people are like, oh, he wasn't the right fit. I don't think that's true at all. I think he was a perfect fit. Yeah. I don't think he's was ready to be a head coach anywhere. Yeah. Like, people say he wasn't the right fit. That's not true at all. He was a good fit for the JMU program, what the program wants, but he didn't make sense as a head coach. Yeah. Like, he was not ready, in my opinion, to be a head coach, and hopefully in the future one day he'll he will be ready, but – not for JMU, but probably another program, maybe down the line.
0: Yeah, and I'd love to see him succeed at another program and and do that. I mean, it, it's it's really rare to see a coach, like, make it back to their alma mater and have success, and it's kind of – I think he was pushed into this role a little early. I think they were swinging for the fences with him and and hired him kind of even before they knew he was ready just to see if if maybe things could come together at his alma mater, but – Unfortunately, they didn't, and I think it just kind of looks like an egg on his face and a face on the athletic administration.
1: And they'll never say this, but it kind of feels like a stopgap where they knew the arena was probably going to be made at some point, built yeah. at some point, point. Um, and they went with sort of a low-cost, maybe a high-risk, high, high yeah. high-reward. It's actually low-risk, high-reward, really, because they knew that if he didn't work, he'd probably recruit good talent. And then he would leave and you have a new arena to be able to kind of go big. Yeah. So I don't think they'll ever admit that they were maybe considering that he could just be sort of that stopgap. But I feel like in a way, this shouldn't really come as a surprise to anybody. Oh, no. It,
0: I think people were expecting it last season. And it just didn't happen. And, and when they started this season hot, people were kind of thinking maybe, maybe he saved his season. If they can do something good in conference, finish in the top third, top half of the conference. But instead, they only won against UNCW, and they almost won in the conference tournament. And Elon is now in the semifinals, so
1: he had a very legitimate chance to save his job this season. <laughs> and he just, you know, swung and he missed. I mean, yeah. they had a great, great shot. They started, I think, seven and four in non-conference action. If they could have had a ten-win conference season, finished in the top half of the league or whatever, seventeen plus wins, showing that they went from ten to fourteen. To 17 wins in the seasons that I guess "quote unquote" counted for him. Um, if you're counting a, zero, a year zero, then I, I think then he probably saves his job and he goes to the new arena with a talented roster and and hope fans fans are behind him and hope. In my opinion, I think this is probably the best situation for JMU fans. I don't I don't mean that to be mean. I just don't think even if Roe had gotten 17 wins or so and they found ways to get these games, I don't think. He was the guy that was going to take JMU to where JMU wanted and wants to be, which I think is the elite upper echelon of mid-majors. I'm not sure he was ever going to do that. So I think in a way, as much as this stinks and the attendance has dwindled and all those things, I think this actually puts JMU in a position to shell out, go get somebody, pay some cash, and build a talented mid-major program yeah
0: and in the world of mid-major you see it across the board with the gonzagas that i mean the sdsu's this season the byus this season they're paying their coaches some solid money there and i don't think you'd ever make it to that stage of where jmu wants to be in the men's basketball realm with paying coaches two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. i think you are gonna have to dole out 700 to 1.5 mil type of stuff. If you want to get your program that big, I don't think JMU's plan of, of low balling and, and trying to find a budget coach will ever get them to where they want to go. And I think they're starting to realize that. Um, and it makes sense that Roe was kind of that stop gap where you can pay him cheap and, and hope something good happens. And if not, you're not really that much destroyed. I mean, your program is destroyed, but you do have solid talent. Um, but I, this next coach is going to have to – I've been anti-breaking – well, not anti-breaking the bank. I didn't think JMU was going to break the bank. I've kind of switched my thing. I think they might I think they might try to swing for a fence and get a big name higher and open up that checkbook a little more than, than we're used to.
1: Yeah. yeah, right. And I think um, if JMU goes the way I think it could go, you've got some options. We can get into some of the coaching names. I think maybe the ceiling – not the ceiling, the floor – would be um, potentially like a uh, Mike Jones at Radford, where I don't think yeah, that, he is your, would be...
0: that guy has been your guy since the be- the well, first one he... we did, and
1: I love it because now he's actually being circulated in conversation. He's a safe choice. I don't think he's going to cost breaking the bank numbers, which is why I think he's in contention. Um, so he'll be someone I think is probably looked at. But if they do, you know, go the way we're thinking, where they might spend a little more money, I would not be surprised in the slightest if the basketball coach makes more than Kurt Signetti. Yeah,
0: I think it has. I think at this point, to be a consistent mid-major contender, you have to pay him more than what Signetti's making.
1: Yeah, and you look at, I think Richmond pays their coach upwards of million a million dollars a year. Um, and, like, that's a program you want to be on par with, right? You yeah. want to be able to beat Richmond. You want to be on that level. You want to sort of look at yourself maybe with them and in well, some of the Virginia A-10 schools where you yeah. look like a Mason. A VCU. Um, or a VCU, right? So I think you want to be – at that, that realm and that level. And if you're going to build an arena as big as the arena is going to be, for as much money as they got in to build the arena, you'd think that they would then at least consider <laughs> spending, you know, 500000 plus, plus, yeah. uh, whether that's through, like, donors or whatever, um, to get a legitimate coach. So it's it's a massive hire for this program.
0: Yeah, right? and before we kind of get into some coach, coach names, we've been seeing circulated and some that – are kind of pipe dreams or, or dreams of
1: ours what do you right. feel about
0: rose staying on as an assistant or as a recruiter i know that's a fantastic <laughs> idea so
1: uh, <laughs> the way <you> word it <laughs> the tone in your voice the sarcasm is dripping i think that my issue and i'll have you a little more than me but like i think we have different rants too for this which is why i'm so excited yeah. but my part is like you can't bring on <laughs> the former head coach on the next (laughs) staff like just emotionally that would be so odd that's like like
0: you breaking up with your girlfriend and then when you get a new girlfriend
1: yeah including the ex on all your dates yeah like oh she lives with me though she's my roommate (laughs) that'd be so weird like that'd be so weird it would make no sense it'd be super awkward super uncomfortable for everyone like let's say there's a practice where the new head coach goes kind of hard at one of the players and they get into a little disagreement and one player is upset and then he goes to Lewis Rowe or something. And then Rowe is put in an incredibly (laughs) awkward position. If something like that were to happen, like it's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense um, in terms of like the team dynamics and the chemistry. I also really don't think a new head coach trying to put their stamp on a program wants the former head coach, like on the bench. Like, I just think that's weird. I don't think they would want that. They're not going to agree to that. So I don't, I don't think it's really a possibility. And Jack, if it was a possibility, would it even be worth it? No. Like, I
0: think we're overestimating by a far margin how great this roster is. <clears throat> I think talent-wise, it is a mid-level CAA roster. And with that mid-level roster, with a great coach, you could become a contender in the CAA. I mean, a mid-major basketball, really in all college basketball, 75% of winning comes down to how good your head coach is. But I think we're overestimating how good this roster is. Yeah, he brought in Banks, who's a three-star recruit. Michael Christmas, who was a huge, huge two star recruit. And Lewis has grown into a, what some people call a great player. Um, Wilson's grown into a great player and all these things. But I, I just think we overestimate his recruiting ability. I don't think he's bringing in a player that, say, Mike Jones, if Mike Jones is at JMU, Mike Jones wouldn't bring in or – Matt Brady wouldn't have brought him in because he would have focused his entire efforts in Eastern Europe. But but if if, if Matt Brady... Would... Matt
1: Brady's recruiting efforts with the coronavirus would be completely, <laughs> completely screwed. That
0: is very true. I wonder how he's doing up in Maryland recruiting there in the Eastern European block.
1: Um, hey, just got a little bonus for Maryland winning a Big Ten made... title or share of the Big Ten title.
0: Mm-hmm. Practically made as much money as he did at all his years in JMU with his (laughs) one
1: (laughs) bonus. The $7,500.
0: No, but I just think Roe isn't elevating the recruiting efforts of JMU any more than another coach would have. I think he was just kind of in a right place at the right time. And it's really easy to sell JMU. Um, Granted, that might be a skewed kind of look at it being – both of us being alumni and, and loved our time there. But I think it's easy to sell JMU. And I think it's easy, especially last season, to bring Christmas in. Hey, Christmas, you'll be a freshman, and then you're going to go into these state-of-the-art facilities the next year, and then you'll have three years, and you'll be one of the first players to grace that court. I think it's easier to sell that than people were giving it credit to. I think people were chalking that up to a row a lot more than it really was. And like you said, it, it would be a terrible move to have the ex-head coach on as you're trying to implement a new regime like that's just bad and yeah i think whatever the next coach is whether it's shaka smart or akbar wahid i mean they're bringing in the same level maybe even better level who knows but let's not bring him on as a recruiter
1: no and i think (laughs) what you're saying about like he's a decent recruiter and they've added some some good players i think some of it too is just like you compare the recruiting to the on-court stuff, and you're like, oh, he's a good recruiter. It's like he is a, he's a good recruiter, but he's a bad coach. So when you compare those things, and I think it maybe makes his recruiting look even better than, it, than maybe is. Yeah,
0: and, and you also kind of look at it like, William & Mary has Nathan Knight, a real NBA draft prospect. You look over at Hofstra, they have Pemberton and, and Boye, or however you pronounce his last name, Blue, Duboy Blue. Yeah. Um, and they have legit players, and JMU – when they play those guys, don't even have the second or third best player on the court. So then you're kind of like, well, are they good at recruiting?
1: Right. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the top teams in the league, like William and Mary has a better roster. Hofstra's got a better roster. Like a lot of these teams have better rosters. Riller's better than anybody on JMU's team for College of Charleston. So I think Delaware, you can make an argument. Delaware has a better roster and they do more with the roster. So, I think that's kind of the issue that that we have with it is just his recruiting. It was, it was good. It wasn't bad at all, but it wasn't – people made it out to be like – Amazing. JMU yeah. had five LeBron Jameses <laughs> on the floor, and they were finishing last in the conference. Like, that's not true. So there's good talent there. I think it could have been a top half of the league team. But, yeah, you don't – Lewis wrote, like, the dynamics that would be super awkward if he <laughs> came back as an assistant, those are not worth the, like <laughs> – the- minor bump in recruitment. yeah the the
0: one swing you have on michael christmas i do think michael christmas will turn into with the right coaching and right development turn into a play for a sure. player of the year candidate his junior right, but I mean, the, year but i mean losing out on christmas wouldn't be the end of the world type of thing
1: no no and he was a guy that you know at the end of the year they had him <laughs> as part of the bench mob like he wasn't even <laughs> playing in games mob. so like you i don't know so, like, if you're going to... He brought in some really talented players, and then a lot of them, like, barely saw the floor at the end of the year, and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. But I think the last game sort of summed up the row era. Perfectly that was the they perfect got up, ending. They go up 14-zip. They don't trail until the final three seconds, and, you know, that, that shot in the final three seconds kills <laughs> yes. them, and they end up losing by two. That was pretty much everything of the row era, where you had that hope, that op- optimism. They would have stretches where they were incredible, and then the rest of the game, you're like, what am I watching?
0: So... There you oh, go. Do you want to move on to the last segment yeah, of the emergency podcast?
1: We'll talk about some options, right? Yeah,
0: let's, we, have, we put together a little mini spreadsheet.
1: Yeah, we did. Uh, I
0: added a couple today. Uh, really? Well, it was two that we kind of just had mentioned. I forgot to add down. But we have a list going. Um, I don't really know how else to, to tee this one up. If you just want to kind of dive into some ideas that you have floating around.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to start with Mike Jones. I'm going to start with my guy. Like, obviously, we know who I'm going to start with because I love Mike Jones, as everyone should. losing
0: to Hampton.
1: <clears throat> he lo- look, he lost to Hampton partially because he doesn't have the resources he needs to fulfill his potential, and he'll have those at JMU. So, no, Mike Jones has been good at Radford, though. They've yeah. won some games. They'll be in the NIT this season. I hope they win games. Um, <laughs> they have- Mike Jones has been decent. You know, they haven't won his entire <laughs> tenure, but uh, I still like the guy. No, I mean, they – They've won I can't remember if it's two or three years now. They've won twenty games um in each of those seasons, but they've been good. They'll be in the NIT this season. We'll see how long they play in there, if that would actually affect oh. anything coaching wise or not, but or if he's even the guy. But he's certainly a candidate. Um he's, you know, close. He's been good. Um like I was saying though, he seems like like a high floor and maybe a lower yeah. ceiling. And I think we've talked about that before, where if you're if you're shooting big, I'm not really sure Mike Jones is necessarily the play, although I do think if he gets hired JMU fans can be confident they won't have a nine-win season anytime
0: soon. Yeah, Mike Jones would be a at a floor 15-win guy, in my opinion.
1: He'll ceiling national championship.
0: He'll win you some games. He'll get you he, he might get you into the NCAA tournament. You may win an NCAA tournament game. or five. But he just reminds me a little bit of Matt Brady. But
1: that's I think he's better <laughs> than Brady as a head coach. Although Brady had some had some good yeah. years at uh, Marist, right? All right, yeah. Maybe it's not the worst comparison. Actually. And and
0: Brady got you a lot of wins, and then he just faltered in the CA championship.
1: Like I think Jones would benefit from the big arena in terms of recruiting. I think he would have yeah. decent talent. Where like Matt Brady, like we were saying, was bringing the in like Soviet the third lock, best power yeah. forward from Lithuania. And we we're like, what's happening? <laughs> where did you find these games?
0: No, we don't want Zadrius Ilgaskus's
1: cousin. <laughs> He he told me once that he was recruiting a dude in my hometown that Lonnie Walker he plays for the Spurs and he went to Miami. He was like recruiting him early on. He was one of the first I think to start talking to him, and then the school ended up sending sending like their backup point guard because Lonnie Walker didn't want to go with a visit or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> so instead of instead of Lonnie we Walker, got, we got his we got some like five eight point guard who played D three three years later. So. Huh. yeah anyway all right so then that's one of the main like head head yeah. coaches actually that's not really true <laughs> we've also <laughs> sorry i didn't look down the list the one that you the one that you brought up to me yesterday, yeah i really like uh, this what is it? yeah talk to it okay can, yeah. so
0: i've been watching a absorbent is that even the right word i don't know i'm just trying
1: i don't know but it seemed like it was at least close to <laughs> um exorbinate. Exorbinate. I don't know.
0: a lot of patriot league basketball in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I've been okay. watching Colgate. And they are a bright spot within the Patriot League. And their head coach, Matt Langle, <laughs> has been the coach there since 2011. He inherited a terrible team. And the administration in Hamilton stuck with him through a couple of years, a couple of bad years. And now he's grown it into a perennial Patriot League contender. They won the Patriot League – Last year, and they're about to win it again this year. Get back in the big dance for two consecutive years. Something JMU has like never done in the last 30 years. He's a two time Patriot League coach of the year. I like Langle. The problem is Colgate is a private university, so I can't see his salary. So I have no idea what he's making.
1: Just tweet at him or something.
0: (laughs) Hey, what'd you make, man? (laughs) Hey, we're doing a Uh, database. No, but I I love that that thought. I do. I think he would. Now, the, now you brought up a good point yesterday when I brought him up. Is he, is he kind of in line for maybe one of those northeastern schools? Like, is Boston College kind of looking at him, or another you know, one of the northeastern kind of power eight? I I heard that for basketball, but I don't really know. And I feel like, as as bad as Jamie's been over the at the time, I feel like going from the Patriot League to the CAA and moving from Colgate to JMU is a step up and in the right direction for Matt Langle.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a step up. I think he's an interesting one because you wonder, um, would he be willing to – we have the same birthday. That's – um, <laughs> sorry. Um, that's I'm all in on him now. That'll be an icebreaker immediately. But, no, like you, like you were saying, where they were really bad in the Patriot League, and he's taken them the last three years to being one of the top teams in the league – it's very impressive what he's been able to do. They've got some legit players there, too. They've yeah. recruited some guys that can that can really play. So I think he's an exciting one. He's been there for a while. So he's been a head coach for a while, and he's proven that he can win now.
0: He's proven he can grow a this program. Li- That's my big thing. Like, right. Like Mike Jones has grown a program, and some of these other guys we'll talk about have grown programs to an extent. But he literally took over a trash Patriot League team, which is like – saying a lot because a Patriot League is worse than the CAA in my opinion in terms of like overall yeah. quality of teams and he took a bottom feeder a perennial bottom feeder in Colgate and has now turned them into a perennial champion
1: right I just wonder how long he'd be willing to stay at a mid major that's yeah. why, the thing that interests me is is he a guy who looks at JMU and says oh this would be interesting a, a cool new challenger is he someone who thinks that you know in the next year or two or three I could get to a place in philly i know he spent time at penn and temple or a place in you know the boston area or whatever new york whatever Uh, that's something that i think is interesting but he's he's a guy that's got to be i think one of those dark horse guys that deserves a look because he's he's proven like you said that trajectory that JME wants where he could come in and if the roster sort of stays together and he has that talent i think he could have a really good first season but more importantly he could have really good seasons in the future And he's the kind of guy – I think the thing with Mike Jones that's interesting is he kind of got Radford up for a little, then it took a little dip, and then it went back up. And I think that's part of where the Brady comparison might come in is like that fluctuating yeah, it, success it, it, where Langle hasn't yeah, done that. Yeah, I
0: think with, when I see a, a, a period of, of solid play and, and good wins and then a dip and then another period of solid plays, to me that, that is in, in, indicative of having like a really good player. Like Brady got to the NCAA tournament with Andre Nation. And then never got back.
1: That roster, yeah, was loaded, yeah, with yeah. a great
0: roster. So like, that's what I worry about. Is was it more so the roster that season or that like two seasons, or was it more the coach and and things like that? But a lot to play into it. A couple other guys we have, we've we've mentioned JD Byers and Akbar Wahid, VCU and Georgetown. I've kind of gone down yeah. out on them as bigger names have come up. Um, those were kind of like under the very under the radar, two names we were, we were mentioning early on, but both their teams fell off drastically at the season. And it's not all the assistant coaches fault. I know, but a little bit that does worry me a little bit.
1: I think if you take an assistant, you want someone that's probably been what to the NCAA tournament multiple yeah. times. I would, I would think, um, I don't know if they have, or if they haven't, but I think you could definitely want assistants that have been in programs that, that win a decent amount, or they've just got tons of experience, uh-huh. like a, like a Kevin Sutton, who's got that JMU tie.
0: Ooh, okay. Tell me about Kevin Sutton.
1: I think he will be looked at. So he's a little bit older compared to some people who graduated from JMU in 88. So he's been doing this for quite a long time. But he's just coached a lot of different places. He's at Rhode Island right now. He spent some time at Pitt, Georgetown, GW. I think he was also at, at JMU at some point. And then Old Dominion as well. So he's, he's done a lot of good things. He's been around the block so to speak. like He's coached a lot of different players, done a lot of different things, familiar, very familiar with the Virginia area, which I think would help in recruiting. So he's somebody I think should be looked at, assistant coach currently on Rhode Island's team. Rhode Island's got a pretty
0: pretty decent yeah, squad this are. year. I
1: think you've seen them a few times. So I like Kevin Sutton. I think Kevin Sutton should very much be on the list. I don't know how much him being a JMU alum will really help after what just happened with with um row yeah. so i don't i think it's at this point i don't think anyone like previously i think that might have been a bigger edge and now i think people don't care they literally just want a coach yeah. who's going to be able to win um
0: he did play it and i don't
1: know team. yeah yeah so i think looking at at him he's a definitely an option but the one thing i will say the more i think about it is i kind of think jamie wants someone who's a head been a head
0: yeah coach. i think they kevin sutton's a no, nothing wrong with this but he's a career assistant Um, he's only head coached at, at high schools. Um, and I think they want, I, I really do, as time has gone on, I think they're going to open up the checkbook and kind of get a splashier hire.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kind of think so as well. So Sutton certainly an aim to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be surprised if he interviewed. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, some of the splashy guys we have Shaka smart is our, is our peak. I really don't, (laughs) I put him on here. I I don't think Shaka smart really has is well, coming his, here. He's also his not daughter goes officially to out in Texas. <laughs> his daughter goes to Jane News. mom lives in Bridgewater. Those are two things I made up yesterday to trick Jack and the thing that he was coming. But, um, no, I mean, first of all, he does have to get fired, so he needs to have a bad conference tournament. If he has a bad conference tournament, I think he's out. But, I don't... I mean, we're about opening up the checkbooks. They'd have to find a second and a third checkbook to get Chaka in town. No, I, don't, I mean, I don't if he gets that. fired... He gets what, like ten million?
0: If he gets he gets ten million if he's fired, he will be a hot commodity. He'd be a very hot commodity. And and my problem is when he left VCU, he left them like offering him two point five million to go to Texas, which I know is a step up, (laughs) but like so to
1: me, two point five mil is his floor. He definitely (laughs) would want a sizable chunk of change.
0: And there's a team out there. There is a team out there that will give him that sizable chunk of change. And I don't think that team's JMU. You know another guy I think that could be a splashy hire. And I would love to see it. Ryan Odom.
1: You're just obsessed with the Lenore Ryan connection, bro.
0: (laughs) Ryan Odom from UMBC. I don't I think I think it'd be a
1: fantastic hire. You see, I think I would prefer both Mike Jones and Matt Langle to Ryan. I
0: prefer Matt. Okay. Matt Langle is honestly my number one. I After feet, like after making that connection, that is my, that is my guy. But why don't you like Ryan Odom?
1: Cause they're not good this year. <laughs> like he's had decent, decent seasons. I think so. He played he was one head coach at Lenore Ryan for a season, 21 and 10. They went to UMBC. They've had 20 wins in every season, except this year they won't get there. They're, um, I don't know their exact record because Wikipedia is behind. And this is how I do all these <laughs> all these podcasts. By the way, people, I are fifteen
0: at... and sixteen this
1: season. Okay, eight and eight in conference. So, so it was updated. So they're like they're not that great. The American East is American East is actually decent, but that's not the best league no, in the world. Not. They're struggling this year. I think for me, if you're taking somebody from like the American East, they better be really proven, like really proven. And I think that Odom still has some proving to do and they're in their conference tournament now they just won one to get to the 16 and 16 they play vermont vermont is a legit program um up there 16 and 16 i don't know i just think i'd rather have a mike jones or or the langle from mr langle from colgate i think those are better head coaching options i like i don't i think odom would be a decent choice i just would have my doubts that he's different than brady as that's well.
0: true and brad what about brad
1: Here's one that's fascinating. I saw this floated online today um, Brad Brownell is the head coach at Clemson and he is he's currently the head coach there so you know that makes it tough <laughs> but there's you can make a case they're not going to make the NCAA tournament so you can make a legitimate case um, that they're going to to make a move um, and it would certainly be interesting but the thing that's that's fascinating for me is that he beat at home, they beat Duke, Florida State, and Louisville this season. So he's someone that – if I'm Clemson, I don't move on from Brad Brunel. I think Brad Brunel is a really good coach. I think he should have another year to develop his program and keep doing that. Um, but if he happens to be on the market, yeah, he's got to be a guy you you look at. But I would I would personally be a little surprised if they do move on just because Clemson doesn't really have a strong basketball tradition and to be able to beat <laughs> yeah. those three teams in one season, I don't know. It's They struggled at other times, but that would be – Kind of tough for them to make a move. But I saw it floated online that he would have to be a candidate. He's certainly not going to leave Clemson for JMU. I think that would make absolutely no sense unless he hates money. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. He's something to keep an, someone to keep an eye on. and We'll see. I'm excited because it took 17 days the first to, when they went away from Brady and hired Roe. I'm interested to see how this develops. I imagine it won't take too, too yeah. long. Obviously, they're going to want conference tournaments to end. They're probably going to want some NIT or some NCAA tournament action to end so the coaches are then available to yeah. talk. So I think it could certainly take a few weeks, maybe a little longer than the Rowe process yeah. did because Rowe is a, an assistant for a bad team. Um, but I'm excited, Jack.
0: I'm excited to see. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be a little bit, especially if they're going to be targeting guys like – well, Mike Jones is – well, depending on how far the NIT goes. But Mike Jones, Kevin Sutton, Matt Langle, and others probably have a little bit of a run, so it'll be a little bit of time. Um, mm-hmm. The tweet you're referring to earlier, they list a couple. I'm just going to list a couple of the other ones that we haven't mentioned. And if one of the names strikes out to you, stop. Let's talk about it real quick. And if not, we'll move on. Jason Williford, a UVA assistant. Rob Jones, Norfolk's head coach. Buck Joyner, Hampton's head coach.
1: And Richie McKay, Liberty's head coach. Richie McKay would be an incredible hire. An absolutely incredible hire. He He might be the ceiling. If he's leaving Liberty for JMU, I would be very surprised because I'm sure he makes a decent paycheck. He's got them playing incredible basketball. He's the kind of guy that could easily take a P5 or a power conference job here, like in the next season. So for him to take a job um, at JMU, JMU would really (laughs) have to pay for him, and I would be surprised by it. The other one that's interesting, Jeff Goodman tweeted out uh, that Mike Jones should be in the mix, but then he also said that Seth Greenberg has been poking around about JMU. Um, he was a former head coach of Virginia Tech. He's now an ESPN analyst. I have absolutely no idea in the world what poking around <laughs> about JMU. What is he just like on Harrisonburg, just like poking <laughs> people? He's like, what do you telling me about your program? Like, I don't know what that's about. He would be fast. Could you than imagine would be
0: Seth higher. Greenberg on the, <laughs> would be on the wild? <laughs> automatically we leave Flow Sports and JMU only would go to ESPN
1: Plus, but I could it not would be...
0: imagine Seth Greenberg on the the side of the bank, on the sidelines of the bank.
1: <laughs> it would be it's fun. I also like that at Virginia Tech they basically missed the NCAA tournament in like the first four out for like it seemed like a decade in a row and he would just get really animated on television about how they deserve to be in the tournament, even though the resume wasn't that good. So I would love to see if that could happen if he'd get Jamie <laughs> to fringe bubble every year. But no, he'd obviously be a big name that would excite people. Um, but also, Jeff Goodman's sources have told him that Seth Greenberg has been poking around <laughs> about JMU, which to me means absolutely nothing. Well, I've been so. poking
0: around JMU, too, for the last four years.
1: Yeah, I'm a, that's, that's all I, That'd be a good reason. You've got to put that out there talk about how you've been poking around be like oh i've been doing this strategy for three years as well but uh it'll be interesting to see who they might they might hire and uh what might go on from there but seth greenberg's an interesting name i'm interested to see what other nonsensical names float up in the next three weeks i think it's gonna be pretty amazing what was that college coaching coaching changes Yeah, that's the one you were talking about, right? Um, So
0: anything else to add on it?
1: Oh, man. I don't think so. Oh, Boston College. Apparently, uh, Jim Christian, I think he's on the hot seat a little bit there. If they could get Jim Christian from Boston College, dude, that would be flames. He is the man. He is awesome. He runs ridiculously good offensive sets. His talent has not been there. But if you give Jim Christian the talent, oh, my God.
0: And on that note.
1: So keep him in there, man. This
0: was a fun emergency podcast. Coach Roe has been canned. Uh, excuse me. What if they got Little Patino? <laughs> I can't believe you just called him Little Patino.
1: <laughs> he's at Minnesota, though, right? Yeah, but apparently there people were saying that. Well, I just looked up one tweet that's saying it, but they said he's on that. Wasn't on the he seat. just doing fantastic for them? Like, built their... Their net is really good, but they're, like, 13-17 and 17 or something.
0: Oh, that's the, per- that's the program you always tweet about and how you're, like, Minnesota lost and moved up five spots in the net. UVA won and moved up minus four. Yo,
1: little Patino would be amazing. And then his dad would be, like, in attendance and people would basically get the um, – right, uh, I, <laughs> I freaking
0: hate that people want it. Like, we don't – JMU doesn't need to sacrifice their morals to have a winning
1: – Disagree, disagree. I think Patino should be top of the list. And I think they should welcome him with like a stripper in his press conference
0: in the office. In no, the you're New right. Congo, you're right though. Like all one. Never mind.
1: You're right though. I don't install <laughs> one in the office. I think you're right though that he don't hire Ricardino. Don't even interview him. Just no. But Jim Calhoun. He's not somebody. Jim Calhoun would be the dream because he would do it for like thirty bucks as long as he could like get week weekend trips every now and then to back to Connecticut or whatever. <laughs> back to the northeast so okay yeah this is this is exciting but okay my new list is little patino jim christian langle but mike jones is okay my list is langle odom also everyone's given lewis rowe an extra 10 losses
0: it's happened again
1: the coaching changes quote tweeted chains and they're like 43 and 95 all you need to know it's like he only lost 85 we know it was bad come on 95 that's what is that like for four years that'd be like 25 so emergency
0: podcast over for Bennett Conlon my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. you guys have a wonderful
1: rest of your day
0: see ya